have to pick the highlights because I think most of us could probably stand up here for hours and hours, and I'm not going to do that. So um, I'm going to affectionately call this Doubting Thomas. That's who I was. Um, as far back as I can remember, up until age 12 or 13, I had a pretty stable childhood. I had probably more than most people. We grew up in Sandy. Uh, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. We kind of were spoiled. We had the in-ground pool the back in our backyard and trampoline, hot tub. Basically, our house was the hangout place. So had lots of good friends. Um, about age 12 or 13, my parents got divorced. Um, I look back and I remember some of the arguments that went on before that time. Um, as my mom was a single mom, she started dating, and she was gone a lot. For a year or two, it was me and my sister at home, kind of raising ourselves at that point. She was 16 and had her driver's license and was gone a lot more than I was able to be gone. At age 14, I basically kind of started raising myself, preparing my own meals, learned how to do dishes, laundry, all that good stuff. When I was 15 and my sister was 19, she moved to California to kind of avoid a lot of our family drama going on. And she's kind of lived there ever since. She comes and visits at least once a year. But she's got a good life out there. So here I was, home alone a lot at age 15. Needless to say, I got into a lot of trouble. I was grounded a lot. At age 16, I got pregnant, got married, had a baby at the age of 17. I was a single mom at the age of 17. And my divorce was final a, year, a month before my 18th birthday. So it didn't take me very long to realize that I was in a marriage that I shouldn't have been in in the first place. Um, so at some point, I told my husband at the time that, you know, let's move to Indiana. Let's go be with your mom and your sister. And so I told him, you go out there, get packed up, get us a place, get, you know, get a job, get stable. And me and my daughter will join you out there. Um, but I didn't go. I sent divorce papers instead. He was very, very controlling, and that was probably the only way I was going to get out of that safely. Um, he was pretty angry, never spoke to me and, or my daughter, so she lost out on her father. Um, it was not not until about, gosh, she was probably in her teens, late teens, um, and I got confirmation that I had made a right decision. Her half-brother had contacted her through Facebook and told her about the life that they lived with her father. Um, they, he was very mentally, physically abusive. He had video cameras throughout the house and locked doors, and I saw that potential. So that was my first confirmation I know came from God telling me I made the right decision, even though it was a really hard one. Uh, 2009, um, April 12th, actually, 2009 was the first time I walked into Oasis Vineyard Church. It was two days, well, for church services we had, sorry, family parties before that, um, but I uh, in, walked in for a church service. Um, it was two days after my 34th birthday. I was invited by a cousin who was having her son's dedication. One small invitation changed my life forever. Um, what's kind of weird about it taking me so long to come to churches, Daryl's married to Lisa, who's my cousin, so I look back and wonder why I didn't come sooner. 
But God had a plan, and I don't know if I would have been ready for it at that point. So, um, I also realized about that same time I walked into church that God had been pursuing me in a really big way. I was getting emails and text messages, and I think it was MySpace at the time. I don't think Facebook was big yet. Um, but, you know, people just posting about God loves you and God this. And, I mean, it was, it was coming at me from people that I didn't realize knew who God was at the time. So... Um, I wish I could say that when I walked into church, I was instantly changed. I was struggling with depression and anxiety. Uh, when my daughter was little, I actually attempted suicide. I took a hundred mini thins. For those of you who don't remember, back in the 90s, uh, the mini thins were over-the-counter speed. People used them for weight loss. They originally were formulated for uh, asthma, I think. Anyway, so I almost chased it with vodka, and right after that, I realized that was really stupid. So I went to my roommate, called the hospital, you know, firemen showed up, and the fireman said, not drinking the vodka is probably the only thing that saved my life at that point. Needless to say, I didn't sleep for a few days. After I had been tending Oasis on a fairly regular basis, Lisa invited me to her house for a murder mystery dinner. There, was, there I was introduced to two men, Phil and Corey, who would help guide and lead me in the right direction. From 2000 until 2010, um, oh, sorry, skipped a page. From 2000 until 2010, I went to the bar every Friday and Saturday night. I would drink myself to oblivion because I didn't want to feel anything. During those 10 years, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of. I would like to take back some of those things, but I look back at them as they, they're things that shaped who I am today. My last attempt at going to a bar was the first time I heard from God out loud. And while I was awake, because um, I usually would hear from him in my sleep, a friend of mine was having her birthday party. Um, I had went to a jazz game with Phil and Corey after the jazz game, still had my t-shirt on, and the club that I used to go to was one of those fancy places you had to wear pretty shirts, no t-shirts for the girls, uh, collars for the guys, but uh, needless to say, they wouldn't let me in because I wasn't dressed appropriately. So I went to the door, gave my friend a hug, and as I headed back to my car, I heard so loud and clear from God, you don't belong here anymore. I'm not sure how it happened, but at that same point, instead of going to the bar, the bar, I found myself on the couch every Friday and Saturday night, hanging out with Phil and Corey. And I know I had to be from God because they always watch those manly shows. I don't know how I sat there that long. So um, it had been, I know it was God keeping me there instead of going to the bar. The three of us developed a friendship that was probably one of the best friendships that I could ever have. They both gave me some great knowledge, got me going in the right direction. As soon as I heard, oh, the three of us went to a conference at Mile High Vineyard called the Cause Conference. As soon as I heard Pastor Jay preach, I finally heard God speaking directly to me. Uh, the three of us also went on a lot of road trips, checking out different vineyard churches, as well as Christian churches, to help spark some ideas on how we could make our church great. 
um, 2010 to 2015. So, oh, goodness. Did I go too far? I'm sorry, you guys. I'm a little nervous here. Let's see. There it is. So, where did it go? There we go. In March of 2010, I was hired on at a company called Citywide. This company was unlike anything I had ever worked for. I had a boss who believed in me, encouraged me, and put up with a lot of my stuff until I could figure out what life was all about. It took me until I was 35 years old to finally become an adult and get my life going on the right path. Right before I went to the conference, my boss called me into her office and asked me if I was interested in becoming the team lead of the department. I asked her to talk it over with some team members while I was gone, and I wanted to think about it, and we could talk when I came back. It's true that when you're on the right path, the enemy comes at you really hard and fast. <clears throat> when I got back from the mission trip, I was called into the office by my boss and her boss, and was told that while they discussed with the other team members that some of the things, some things had come to their attention. One of the employees told them that they heard I was going to get them fired. One of the team members told them that someone that I had told, uh, had called them some horrible names. Um, I was shocked because nothing they were saying was true. I was not offered the team lead position. I struggled for a year with being lost and broken. I felt like I was being punished for something I didn't know why? I was doing all these great mission trips and pouring my heart and soul into finding a relationship with God. I pulled away from the church and God because I didn't understand why this was happening. It was unlike me to sit and do nothing. I had a good friend talking to me daily that things would work out how they were supposed to. After a year of doing nothing, it was finally brought to light that there was one person who was telling lies about me to anyone who would listen. This person was apparently caught red-handed and was reprimanded for it. Had I started an issue about what was going on, I could have been the one who looked poorly. <clears throat> I was offered the team lead position again and accepted. I was offered a raise, which was really awesome. I was in the position for about a year. The person who was causing grief prior kind of started up again, so I randomly picked a few loan officers that I knew and sent over my resume and a little brief ex explanation about my experience. Within 10 to 15 minutes, one of them was at my desk and asked me to come with them to talk. He was the head of the construction team and the construction loan department. He offered me a position on his team and got another raise. I'd received two raises in the last two years with the company. How many people can say that? I know that was God helping me reach where I needed to be. Um, I accepted his offer in this position, was there for almost two years. A lot of office politics were at play, and I don't need to get into those, but um, I was blindsided and was terminated from the company. I was so confused and didn't know why God was doing this to me. I had dedicated seven years of my life, of long hours and weekends away from my family, and I didn't understand what I, was, what I had done to get. Once again, I felt like I was being punished. Instead of pulling away from the church, I dived headfirst. I started listening to sermons online again. Um, 
I turned on Caleb. It was the only thing I listened to, with the exception of a few Christian CDs I had at the time. Prior to being terminated, I heard God talking to me about getting back into the mortgage servicing industry and actually reached out to a few managers to see if they had heard any more about the current company. Becoming a servicer. I was told it was not in the immediate plans. I was in the mortgage servicing at the beginning of my career, 1997 is kind of how I started. My position at that time was in a mortgage origination and operations. It only took me about a month to find another job once I was terminated. Currently, I'm with that company now. The company I work for is, they are in the servicing industry. I, work in one, I worked in one department for the first year, and I was so miserable there. I worked and acquired as much knowledge and skills as I could and started applying for other positions in the company. After a year of not enjoying my job, I was offered another position. This is the job I'm at now, and i um, been there for about six months, and I love it. It's perfect for me. It's everything I was looking for. I know that was another answer to a prayer. Um, I also just recently found out the prior company that terminated me, I used to work for, sold 51% of their company um, to another company and the department I would have been in had I changed jobs again. Everybody was let go their last days there, October 31st. So God had me in his sights, for sure. In July 2013, I married Corey, who is one of my best friends. Phil actually said our relationship was probably the healthiest relationship either one of us ever had. So, and we're doing pretty awesome. He's a good man. In May of 2015, my dad retired from his job. He and I lived together on and off, mostly on during my life as a single mom. My dad obtained the loan for the house my family moved into after I got married. In October 2015, my dad had a stroke. He lost some of his vision and was struggling with oxygen. He was on oxygen for several months after the stroke and eventually was able to get off the oxygen and start driving again. I did not know then it was the beginning of more of his health struggles. January 2018, my dad started having more health issues and was in and out of the hospital and on oxygen again. He was finally diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis, AFib, and congestive heart failure. On May 2nd, <clears throat> that's why I brought tissue, May 2nd, he was in his bedroom at home. He looked at his oxygen levels before heading out to his doctor appointment with the pulmonologist who was going to help him breathe better. He was excited about going to this appointment. My dad and Corey got into his truck, and he was slightly out of breath, which was normal when he walked around. They got into the truck, and my dad gave Corey the address of the appointment and pulled up the address in his Google Maps on his cell phone before they made it out of our neighborhood. Corey looked over, and my dad was slumped over in the truck. Corey pulled over into a parking lot, called 911. The ambulance got there and stated they did not have a heartbeat, loaded my dad, and took him away. I got the call at work from Corey that my dad was unconscious and being rushed to the hospital, and I needed to get there ASAP. As I drove to the hospital, I called one of my good friends, Ruth, and asked her to send a prayer request out. Then I called Daryl. By the time I got him on the phone, I was in the parking lot of the hospital, and Daryl stopped me from rushing into the hospital in a panic and said a quick prayer. I ran into the emergency room, and something I hope no one will ever have to experience. There was a visual. I won't even get into what you see, but it's you know something I see every day. 
Uh, basically, I was having panic, atta panic attacks, and they had to sit me down. Um, I just remember sitting out in the hallway because I couldn't watch, just saying over to him over and over and over, you stubborn old man, you stubborn old man. Eventually, he decided it was time to stop because at this point, he had been without oxygen for so long. If they were to get him back, he would not have, have any brain activity. They, they pronounced him dead. <clears throat> dead at that time. I texted all my siblings while this was all going on, called my sister's, my dad's sister. I had to text them all that he was gone and he didn't make it. I texted Daryl, told him the same thing. By the time my dad's sister made it to the hospital, Daryl was there. And it was probably one of the best things I saw walking through that door, Daryl. Thank you so much for showing up. <clears throat> For those who know me, you hear me talk a lot about God speaking to me through music all the time. I would wake up in the morning with a song in my head, and it's not like normal people hear songs. I mean, certain songs were so loud I couldn't even function. So until I actually wrote them down, they wouldn't go away. Usually within a couple minutes, an hour, a week, I got some kind of a message every single time from a song. And they were always Christian songs. You know, God, he loves his Christian music, right? The morning after my dad died, I woke up with the song Smile in my head. Um, it was a song on the movie Savannah Smiles. Josh Groban sings a great version of it, so if you don't know the song, go listen. It's awesome. I know for a fact that dad gave, my dad gave that song to God to give to me. Uh, to let me know that he was okay and that's where he was. He was there and he was fine. My dad's death has taken its toll on me. I've been going back and forth between denial and cannot seem to get out of the denial and the anger. Over the last four months, I had doubts every day. I had stress and anxiety every day. I was angry with God and my dad every day. I was worried that God's, God's plan was not my plan. I doubted his love for me because he took my dad and I felt allowed me to live in stress and anxiety. <clears throat> my dad didn't have a will. The software I ordered to get a will done, we were all sitting down to do it, arrived in the mail the day after he died. We were forced to go through probate for 90 days, officially four months now. Uh, we went through probate, and I was going through every single scenario I could find to figure out how I could keep my house. Uh, uh, that one of the options was one of my sister was going to do a lease option. She was going to buy it and let me buy it from her at some point later on down the road. Family history, that was not really going to be a good scenario for me and my mental health. So we decided that we had no other option. We would sell. In February 2018, my credit score was right where I needed it to be. Me and my dad started working on a purchase agreement for me to buy the house from him. He said if I couldn't qualify for it on my own, he would refinance it with me. During the months that my dad was in and out of the hospital, uh, I basically let a few things slide and destroyed my credit in three months that I worked five years to build back up. So my other issue was I had a large debt-to-income ratio. I jumped on Facebook and reached out to all the people I know in the mortgage world. I received a message from a coworker who was an, an underwriting manager, processor manager, operations manager. Basically, she's really smart. Um, she called me and said, 
she knew about an FHA program where I could do a cash out refi, pay off all my debt because it was an inheritance. So that's where we went. I was able to come up with the money to pay off some debt to get a rapid rescore done on my credit, got my credit up a lot higher than it was back in February. So I was really excited. That had to come from God, only from God. Uh, the other issue we had was the house needed to appraise, and it appraised for more than what we needed, which was so awesome. So for the months after my dad died and going through probate, I was doubting Thomas. I could not say with 100% certainty that I knew it was going to work out. I wish I could say that. Everyone kept telling me God has a plan. It would have been nice for God to share that with me. I was worried that his plan was not for, for, was for me to sell the house and to start over. It was hard living in the house. My dad, he's everywhere. For months I have cried, worried, and stressed. But the end to the story is it worked out and better than I could have planned. I was able to pay off my car and all my debt. And with my house loan, I'm saving $200 a month. Uh, my loan closed and funded last week, and it's, it's in my name and it's mine. So to end, I doubted God when I was under attack from a coworker. I doubted God when I was blindsided and lost my job. I doubted God during a time of being in a position I was miserable in. I doubted God when he took my dad from me for no reason. I doubted that God had my best interest in mind with the house. Even when I doubted and feared God was so faithful, I look forward to the day when I can fully trust in God and his plans so I can rest and know that he is God.